Hello everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the Math Magazine podcast. Now this intro is going to be a little bit different because as your host, it's really important to me that y'all go into this episode knowing what you're going to meet. Um, We will be dealing with difficult topics to talk about just like all of our other episodes, but in this conversation we deal mostly with trauma and with healing and unfortunately that has to do with sexual assault and with familiar trauma as well so take care of yourselves listening to this if you need to take a step back and take a pause at any given moment or if you need to stop listening completely because it's too hurtful then i'm triggering i completely understand and we'll see you next week with a really fun and light episode but i want y'all to be aware that we will be talking about difficult topics and although it's important to have these conversations you don't have to expose yourself to that at this moment if you don't don't feel like you can handle it so moving forward we also decided to opt out of ads for this week so there's no distractions and you can fully and completely listen to my conversation with the incredible um Jamanika who has more love and introspection and and intelligence and and work and labor done than anyone i've known to be able to to talk about this with me today so thank you so much for tuning in thank you to jimanika to for having this conversation with me and and i i hope y'all feel somewhat of a peace or a closure after this conversation as much as i did i'll see you in the outro um and yeah take care of yourselves no further ado, f- the fifth episode of the Math Magazine podcast with Jimenica. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm here with Jimenica. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little about who you are and the work that you do. Yeah, totally. So my name is Jimenica Eborn. I reside in Southern California, where it's not sunny right now. That's a goddamn lie. Um, and I am a comprehensive sexuality educator and a trauma specialist which means that most of my work is with sexual assault survivors. I got into this work after being in mental health for about 10 years, I don't know, I can't count, but a lot of years in mental health. And then I found sex ed and trying to navigate like what, what was my role in sex ed. And I was, when I figured out that I could combine my mental health background with the sex ed, I was ecstatic and have been working as a trauma specialist, um, and I also have a podcast called Trauma Queen, which is on hiatus, and we're going to bring it back soon, eventually. It's coming. Um, I have a retreat. I have multiple businesses. All of them do come back to protecting survivors, supporting survivors. So that's like the brief gist. I'm a lifetime student. I have a master's in psychology. I mean, master's in health psychology, my undergrad's in psychology, and I'm currently working on a graduate certificate in comprehensive um, alternative medicine thank you thank you so much for that i i always ask this question to people who have existed in traditional education for a very long time but live somewhat like alternative education and and sex education outside of the scope of american academics how did you assimilate pursuing trauma specialists and 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 approaching sexual sexual assault from a way that's maybe not that traditionally taught in schools and, and not the way that you approach even sexuality as a whole within like psychology in these different fields 
Yeah. Um, I approached it as, it's funny because I was like, what, what did we learn in school? We didn't really learn anything except to not do it. Mm-hmm. And then clearly none of that works because we're all here. So none of that worked on our parents. <laughs> none of it's going to work on us. We're still going to have the sex. So I come, I come at all the work that I do in a space of real, real reality, reality. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, I was going to say realistically, but I guess that works too. But I come from it in a sense of reality and people are going to do this thing. Why don't we just tell them the truth and give them all of the tools so they get to make their decisions? Because again, everybody be fucking mm-hmm. at some point, right? Even have- if it's just one time, if it's just with yourself, it, that counts right? Self-sex is still sex. So when I was looking at everything and even when I was in school, so I originally was in school to be a therapist. I did go to school for MFT, marriage and family therapy. And while I was in the program, I was like, this is real boring and very white. Like it's not taking into account all of the like nuances, all of the different identities. It's not talking about, they had like a short class on sex. And I was like, you know what? I'm out because this this is not it. And for me, the way my route, I've always been a reader. Mm -hmm. So reading all of the books and going to, especially for sex ed, Mm -hmm. there's so many conferences that people don't realize until you're in it. There's like a, especially in the summertime, there's like a conference every month. So it's like, there are ways it's just people don't know about it to kind of learn the unpacking. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like, going to school like you can learn basics you can learn the way some people want it to be you know how the information comes to them which can also be helpful when you're talking to people that don't understand it you're like hold on let me give you a little scientific term and they're like oh that's what you mean I'm like that's what I said (laughs) yeah I, I I feel that in exactly what you're saying in terms of there are so many resources out there but there is obviously like an external constant suppression of those resources and of of expanding that information I was raised in Latin America and I didn't even come to terms with my sexuality above everything else until I was exposed I was in Brooklyn exposed to incredible organizers and incredible people that have a better idea have more resources and, and have some sort of community that help explore and like create a space safe enough for you to be able to delve into these things because a lot of what's going on in at least Argentina in terms of femicide is survival. And when you're on survival yeah. mode, it's, it's very hard to be creative and to think about what your yeah. personal individual ideas in the world. So in terms of from jumping from like a, a formal education, how did you find your niche, I guess, in terms of, of, of working through trauma to get to sexuality and sex? Yeah, um, I was in, when I was going to all these trainings and going to all these conferences, I was like, this is all cool and all, but like, what about the precursor, right? Like, yeah, everyone wants to go to an orgy, but are you ready to go to an orgy? Most people are not, right? I don't even know if I was ready the first time I went to an orgy. I was like, here we are, just looking around. This is happening, right? Crazy. That's the thing. Yeah, you're like, I can be here for this energy, right? Um, and so while I was doing that and going and listening to all these conferences and these conversations, people would touch on trauma and there, and that's not to take away that there are some folks that focus on trauma. So I'm not taking away from that. When I was looking, I was like, what's missing? It's like with, with everything that I've done, I don't believe that people need to reinvent the whole wheel because that takes time, energy, and money that most people don't have. 
But if you're really trying to be a student of it, you kind of see what, what's missing or like the way that people are doing things. And it's not wrong. It can just be done differently and also figuring out what feels real to myself. And what feels real to me is being honest that some days are not great. I am a survivor and I get triggered, right? Most of the time I'm hanging out in my underwear watching wrestling with puppies running around. Like these are the things that allow people to kind of exhale and show up as their true self because I get to show up as my true self. Um, and then it was looking at everyone's talking in such big terms. 99% of people didn't do all of these large words. So even when I'm speaking at colleges, even when I'm working on, been working on a book for a minute, like my goal is to normalize the conversations on all levels. So you're not like, Jiminika said, I don't know what the fuck that word is. Like, I don't know. Like everyone knows basic things, no matter how scholastic their verbiage has become, we all have a baseline for, for certain types of knowledge. And for me, that was really important. And also when talking to not gender things, because it, it puts it in only women, and I'm quoting because you can't see me, only women, mm -hmm. so cis women get assaulted. When reality, any body, any gender, any age, unfortunately, any person that's in a location, like anyone that's alive, exactly. right, can, can receive trauma. And it can be sexual assault, uh, physical assault, psychological, spiritual, like there's so many things. So for me, it wasn't about like, doing what other people needed but yes it is but it's like and I say not doing what other people needed in the sense of like oh we need more scientists yeah we need more people that are scholars cool but we also need more people that can meet people at the level that they're at that that's like you're literally preaching to the choir I felt so behind when I moved here because a lot of this baseline of language doesn't exist in, 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 in Spanish. It doesn't exist. Like the word even queer does not mean the same. It doesn't translate. Yeah. I just say I'm gay because there's just, there's so, like, it's so important to meet people where they're at and not gatekeep feeling. Cause there's so much like pseudoscience in terms of like all these yogis and all this shit. That's like, oh, this is going to make you a better yeah. person. This is going to heal you. And actually it's just, I'm gay. I'm making you spend money on a meditation tape and on a yoga mat when when what's actually needs to be addressed because it's icky to talk about sexual assault it's scary to talk about and it's not sexy to invite that conversation to sex positive spaces but there is no conversation of this without that because they are absolutely intrinsically related even from a personal sexual experience it's just all i know that the trauma has has presented itself in all my sexual experiences to the point of recognition and throughout because it's not a it's, yeah. it's as you say i'm a life student i'm like i'm learning forever and i want to Same. i know there's not a point to stop Same. developing the healing but what you're saying about meeting people where they're at is is so important and from an out from a foreign perspective i don't see enough americans willing to do that work but because you said there is so much like it's not just it's it's going outside of the white the cis, the male perspective, the educational, the academic perspective of what <laughs> is baseline of trauma. Because even therapy, yeah. going to an American therapist as a foreigner is a completely different experience. So talking from like wow. the baseline, because it, yeah. it can be so stupid, but even like traditions with your mother or or basic traditions of like your grandmother lives in your house till you die. You know what I mean? And, and I know that also happens in America as well, but 
that my relationship to my mother could definitely be received as codependency in America when generally culturally I cannot be at odds with her because that's just not the way that things work so there's just different ways it can be translated even basic level of sexual assault in Argentina it's a given you know walking in the streets so it's not even acknowledgeable as something that does have an effect on you because it's so common but addressing that and that there are different ways of assault it validates the person to the point of hey okay maybe I should heal from this maybe I should cry so yeah. it's, it's... even even bringing up therapists, mm-hmm. most therapists are not fully trauma informed, and most of them do not really talk about sexual assault, right? Like they're like, oh yeah, we can talk about it, but like when searching for a therapist, if someone has like a whole list of I'm good at all these things, they're not great at anything, right? Like when when and we didn't even ask me this, but like when looking for a therapist, mm-hmm. ask questions like ask the questions because you're interviewing them and people are like well I don't want no fuck that this is your time your energy your money like ask the questions so they can hold the space for you because a lot of them are not trauma-informed in the space of especially with trauma with sexual assault and most of them don't know about sex all of these things have to be because they want to take the courses and a lot of folks don't like I know I've worked with folks and they're like yeah I went to my therapist they kept misgendering me mm-hmm. or they tried to ask me questions like well why did you do this why were you there like these are basic things like you don't start to question a survivor mm-hmm. and if someone says these are my pronouns this is my gender you don't question it exactly period that's it that's where that's where it starts and that's where it ends and that's where these conversations are so difficult to have I because to some extent exactly what you're saying everybody is susceptible to, to some sort of trauma especially in terms of sexual abuse so you have to vouch on whoever you're speaking to that has done some sort of process themselves to understand this to be able to receive yes. your information without projecting or without putting it out there because at the end of the day, a therapist is human and and there's going to be some sort of projection there and that goes back to one of the things that you said in, in one of the other podcasts that you're in that you've had to train your reactions that you've had to oh yeah produce some sort of expression to be able to make enough space for 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 someone else and not scare I, it's a stupid example going to the dentist is always scary to me because i don't want to hear the i don't want to hear the when i open my mouth if i have a comedy like that will cause me nothing <laughs> jump through the roof so it, how i know that you've done so much work and you're constantly learning but as we're being a survivor yourself receiving this information and working with teenagers and at the end of the day coming to the conclusion that almost everyone has been through some sort of trauma especially yeah. directly with sexual assault how do yeah. you how do you move through the world you know with all that weight <laughs> depends on the day right yeah. like some days I'm just like fuck it all fuck it I can't do anything like nothing I'm doing is matters anyway but I think oftentimes just as humans we get in our own way right mm-hmm. like I don't realize all the things that I do because I work with my head down most of the time, not some, most of the time. And it takes my friends and my family to be like, hey, bitch, hello, did you see this came out? And you did this thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Why didn't you tell us? Oh, I forgot because yeah. I had to go do something else. But for me, um, the reality of it is I have to be honest with myself and my body, right? I also have chronic pain. Like yesterday I was working and my body was like, we're done. And I was laying in bed, I took pills and I had a heating pad, right? So for me, doing this work is a lot of listening to my body. Um, Sometimes my body's like, "Uh uh-oh, we are gonna tighten up because this is stressful. 
or we need to rest, or I can feel someone's energy shifting. And I'm like, okay, they're going to, this is hard for them. Let's take a breath. Like the way I'm, I feel like the way that I've been working on my body, like I've done silent retreat. I did a 10 day silent retreat. Oh, I, I know. I know it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was the hardest, most amazing thing. But in that time, you're literally learning how to tune in with your body. Like, I didn't know what I was going to be doing there besides fucking crying, cried every day. But like, you're getting so in tuned with your body, right? Like, and I think everyone figures that out on, on their own accord. Um, and doing this work for me, I like to look at it in an Eastern and a Western way like scientifically medicine ways but I also believe that western medicine the Americas they lean into numbing the problem versus eastern looks at let's find the root so even when I'm in my own shit and I'm like okay this is coming up what is it is it really this situation or is it something else is it because someone sent me a wild text message before I came in here or is it I'm triggered by this situation so for me, it's still continuing to sit with sit with re, with the reaction of what's going on, and then kind of dissecting it. Versus old me before I was doing all the work, I was extremely reactive, and I was harmful to myself. I was harmful to others, and I've had to learn from my missteps. And like when I'm working with individuals, I carry my emotions in my face. Like my friends, ooh, those assholes set me up. They'll like say something or we'll hear something, and they'll look at me because I'm like. Uh, right and so knowing when I got into this work when I first got into the work I hadn't done any of my own shit yet I also hadn't told anyone I didn't tell anyone about my rape for like eight years but I just started working and this is when I also learned that for me my trauma response is to push through and work and to create spaces for others which is not everyone's response it's probably wild it's out there but I, I was raped. I got kicked out of school. I spiraled. I did all these things. And then I became a rape crisis counselor. Yeah. And that is where I started working on my space. And it's anybody can do this. It's a lot of mirror work. So you're like listening to hard things or thinking about hard things and like seeing how your face reacts. Easy way to do this. Watch some Law and Order, Law and Order SVU episodes. Because sometimes they'll be doing something like that. What? But watching how you react, you can start to see like, oh, I didn't know that. So then you start to practice like, okay, this is a hard thing. You can internalize it, but it doesn't have to show up on your face. Mm. So it's a lot of work and I still do it. Like I know now, like I have a work mode. Um, and I also know when I'm going into that particular space mm -hmm. to check my shit at the door. Yeah. So no matter what is going on with me, and, I, and, and it can be like a, a real physical door, a spiritual door, whatever, but whatever was going on with me today or this week, this month, that is not what I'm bringing into this space because it's not about me. And I think that is where some people get lost. Is it like, well, I wanna do this thing for this person. It's not about you. It's about what they need versus what you feel like they should be doing because that's not our job. That's not the work that we should be doing. And I know people do, and it can be really harmful. There's so much, like it, it's what you're saying. There's so much reactiveness and, and always, at least for me, there's so much anger. Like the first, the first oh, yeah. I hear something, I'm just 
piss the fuck off and it's not even like oh i want to kill you but like i've even thought of okay someone's gonna go up to this dude while he's eating with his family and tell him i know what you did and then walk away and then he's gonna live in fear for the rest of his life it's like planning all these little revenge plots instead of actually focusing the energy on on, on healing and and putting that away because it's just easier to externalize it because it, it's been yeah. for so long yeah. but especially in at least in, in you've worked with with juvenile offenders and, and that's a yeah. whole nother situation like i have to deal with people that out themselves as 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 people with harmful ideas of sex because I went to a school in a high school in Miami where there was a bunch of horrible people who, who did horrible things and I've dealt with the more upfront social type of sexual assault that is okay with watching um shit that's not consensual on Pornhub and is okay with defending themselves against that and, and, and all of this but in terms of working with people that have been somewhat convicted or acknowledged as as an offender going into that space what what was that like for you but also in terms of assimilating your experience maybe yeah no one ever asked me that great question <laughs> um, yeah but when I first started working with juvenile sex offenders um it's when I went back to school for psychology so when I first went to school it's for criminal justice and I'm going to say a hard thing um for those that do follow my work or whatever my mom was murdered when I was baby and they found me with her um and so knowing that growing up, I was raised by grandparents, it always, I wanted to help women, right? So I went to school for criminal justice because I watched all those damn law and order SBU episodes. And I was like, I'm going to be a detective. Yeah. I got this. I'm about to do it. And then I realized their burnout rate is about three, four years. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm invested. Yeah. And when I got kicked out of school, best thing ever, I stayed in school. I did like community college and I was like, okay, psychology. So I went to a whole different four-year college, went to school with Jesus, as I say, it was a Christian college. Um, and then I found this job. I think one of my friends was already working there, like doing like night stuff. And then I came into it and I was like, well, I don't know what this is going to be like. Yeah. The wild part was at the time we had 11 houses, six, six boys each. They were, they were six boys. Um, and they range from... I think the youngest we ever had was 11 to 18. Um, and within that work, it's tricky, right? Because these are children. These are babies. And you have the days where you're like, you are a whole child. And then you have the days where you're like, we're going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> you, keep, you keep trying me today. <laughs> um, but what I did learn is most people are like, well, they've all been abused. They've all had trauma. And no, they hadn't, right? So there was, there was like a 50-50 that some had been abused and had received trauma and were reenacting it because that is how they were shown love. That is how they were expressing and connecting. And then there were the others that were over-sexualized. And I say over-sexualized in watching sneaking and watching all these all this different porn but like watching extreme porn yeah. which we know exists yeah and consensual for adults when they're opting in and doing the act yeah. but not for like a 10 year old they don't know the differences and they're like well this is how it's supposed to be done um and then all of them you know we're a little awkward we're a little little offbeat a yeah. little different and the people that they would go after would be people that couldn't fight back children smaller children um, disabled folks, older family members. And so all of the harm that was done was mm -hmm. with 
just like any sexual assault, it's with someone that they knew. Mm-hmm. So it's a toss up, right? Like why they did it, what their root was, but the overall cause was they still continued the cycle of harm throughout. Some of them were able to be supported because um, they work with therapists and stuff. And some folks just like, there's some serial killers that no matter how much therapy and whatnot work, that is just whom they are embedded. And the same thing with sexual offenders. Absolutely. Some of them would be, you know, I'm not gonna say re- rehabilitated, but some of them figured out how to deal with their shit and were able to evolve to a different level. And that were some that aged out of the system and went back to still causing harm and are now in prison. It's wild. Yeah, no, and, and what you're saying that like, oh, if they were traumatized, but that's only half. Like, I feel like as I've watched all of these documentaries, I've done so, like, I try to understand even like inter- having these conversations about Pornhub and people that continue to watch this non-consensual content and, and not acknowledge that that how harmful that could be it's just that oh they've been traumatized they've been harmed at the end of the day some people are just fucking entitled some people genuinely like for whatever reason move through their life feeling that they deserve these these bodies and i still believe at the end of the day that is still trauma they it, it functions differently but those perceptions of sex like i can even speak to the way that my country works the the, the way that you internalize this constant view, this constant having to protect yourself as a woman or, or as, an, as even trans people, anyone in general and any that's opposing to the male cis view of life, it's constantly have to watch their back and justifying with, oh, they're traumatized, doesn't do anything, neither for them nor for us, because the cycle still continues. But it's just yeah. knowing that there's the point that you can't, re- like some people just can't be rehabilitated and I don't believe, and I, I not only do I not believe, but I know the criminal justice system is not meant for rehabilitation as well. What do not. we, what, how, like, perfect example, you continue to move through the world, doing this work, helping people, moving forward and, 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 and like healing, trying to heal. How, how do you do that knowing, you know, how do we assimilate the fact that some people are still out there causing harm with all the resources in the world and with the acknowledgement that, that it is harm that they're doing it still it still works that way and they're still uh, uh, enabled to do so by by the world that we live in it's upsetting like i stick my baseline is it's not, my therapist would be very upset my baseline <laughs> is like try it if you want to near me <laughs> like it's like i've worked on myself but i carry i carry a, a pepper oh, spray yeah. I carry a taser carry a little weapon on my keys right like for me, honestly, like anger is, is, is it's there, but also I'm really sad. I am really sad, right? I'm really sad and upset that folks, folks are taught like, well, you shouldn't be in these areas or you should carry weapons. I'm upset that I that I bought a taser set with pepper spray because I need to do that in this country or any country. I'm upset that shit is always put on survivors that receive this trauma and those that cause the harm are never held to the level of accountability for the harm that they continue to cause in this world. Mm -hmm. So I stay upset. I'm upset that the last raggedy president had open assault cases and they still voted him in. Mm-hmm. I'm upset that when we look at who runs this 
wild ass country. Yes, there are lots of ways it's better than others. Mm -hmm. Correct, for sure. But why do we keep seeing these individuals and giving them more fucking power and then being surprised when they're when people are like, they caused me harm. <gasps> Did they? Like, get out of here. No. You knew they were not great people when you voted them in, but they were aligned with your pocket. Mm -hmm. They were aligned with your whiteness. Mm -hmm. they, there's all these things. So yeah, I'm, I'm mad, but I'm also so upset. I wish my job didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I wish that I didn't create content. I wish that I didn't have to do one-on-one -on -one support sessions. I wish that I could be a teacher teaching kids how to color in the lines because that's what they actually needed in life. I, so I, that, that's I, it, yeah. No, I, I feel that so hard. And I think that moving from, in my own process, moving from anger to sadness is just like, it's just shitty. It's like some things are just shitty. and a lot of you know the, the 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 age old question of like oh are why are you here or do you like being here or in this country in general a woman gets murdered every 32 hours in argentina like a lot of it is is out of survival so i can be creative and i can figure out further and i can and i can do all of these things but it's i'm not here you know it's not uh, i don't want to be here i much much rather be at home with my language and my country and, and everything yeah. i know but so many, and that's like part of the of the survival aspect of it all, because I've still endured trauma, especially in the United States. So it's just like, it, it is inescapable, yeah. but what there is here is resources. And especially like, even this podcast, like I am Hispanic, but I'm doing it in English because that's the access that I have to, to English speakers. But I know like every two months, I'm going to try to throw in an episode in Spanish and make some sort of resource available for, for my country. But it's just like, that. so much of this moving forward is I'm so fucking like, I'm so pissed off, I'm upset. And then moving forward from that, it's like, I, I want to protect myself from this sadness because it just doesn't, it doesn't find, it doesn't work in my life. I mean, I, if it doesn't work, just works at like further motivation, but having like, having these conversations, so many, like speaking to so many um, porn actors and so many pornographers and directors and, and even sex workers, people on OnlyFans, even erotic artists, everyone has experienced some sort of, 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 of point of pressure in their life where they're like, okay, I need to figure this out. Because if you revolve your life around sexuality, or I just spoke to Tanya Blairsaurus, like calling like a pleasure, calling yourself a pleasure activist, like pursuing pleasure, there has to be a moment where, where you decided to do that, where you're like, this is where I want to focus my life moving forward. Yeah. And although it's, it would be best if no trauma came to that decision, it's just like, oh, look at me floating around in the world. And I would love to dive in further to this. That is the goal. But unfortunately, yeah. there is a, a push from the other side. They're like, I need to, I need to find a place that's safe for me and that works because sex in general is 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 very confusing, especially in like yeah. what you're saying that of course there are trauma specialists, but in terms of these conferences and these conversations, barely anything surrounds trauma because the way that the sex positive industry is being taken up by capitalism, like what, like all the the trending in the sex toys with the non-phallic objects and the bodies and everything there is it's not sex which is great yeah we want of that. course but yeah also, we love that but but also, it is an exclusion it is an exclusion unfortunately with with what platforms are going with what voices are being uplifted it's exclusionary of of the the reality of of the sex of the sex industry in general not to just the sex positive industry you can't alienate that from from the truth of of, of where this comes from and everything so it's it's hard it's hard to have these conversations when, especially surrounding kink, no one wants to talk about that. You need to have 
a conversation about consent for anything to be considered kinky. For BDSM, for any aspect of the kink world, there has to be an acknowledgement of, of consent there. And especially as we're talking about, everyone wants to go to an orgy, but have you done the work to, to be uh, to be yourself safe and be safe to others while you're in an orgy? Because if there's sexual desires or even trauma that is not acknowledged, it can explode in other, in other ways and, and become harmful to other people, especially in these sex bubbles that, that everyone's talking about. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. People think it's all just fun and lube and, in giggles but yeah. it can missteps miscommunication putting people in positions that maybe you move people too quick and now they're triggered because mm -hmm. they've been in that position when they were caused harm like yeah you have to have conversations even in regular let's say regular degular sex but like <laughs> yeah but like any type of sex vanilla to the most extreme a mm -hmm. conversation should be had yeah it's it's that simple and i feel like so much of of unfortunately so much is in opposition to how sex works with cis men and and that is a, of course drama and, and this sexual assault can happen and i know it happens a lot in within the queer community as well with the party scene and everything but i feel like heterosexual cis sex is a given in in terms of the lack of conversation surrounding it what is penetration and all these aspects that that it just solely in first experiences especially for We'll say young women or young women in Latin America, people who don't have the resource of that sex isn't necessarily penetration or, or that what has happened in their childhood, someone looking wrong, someone touching, that's not right. That can just already trigger from, from a young age the, the smallest indication of, of love throughout some sort of assault will just like spiral a, a, a life where, where, where these things do repeat at least. And having that point of acknowledgement is having that resource to say this was not whatever happened to me was not right moving forward it, it does make a difference in terms of the you know, yeah go ahead something yeah. that I always think about too is when we meet people where they are you have to acknowledge your own privileges when you're having these conversations right like most of the people that I have seen not all of them for sure like a lot of folks that do get the shine the headline mm. right are white like mm. now people are like there's this black girl named Himanakea. My name's Jiminika. Hell, that's not my name, right? Yeah. Like, she's talking about trauma. But I think when we have these conversations, we need to really remember who we're talking to. Mm -hmm. Everything is not accessible to people, like you said. Like, yeah, I am a black queer woman, predominantly, you know, able body, but I still have chronic pain and all these other things. If I'm telling someone that is disabled, that why don't you just do it this way? Mm -hmm. That might not fit their life. Mm -hmm. If I'm having a conversation with a queer black woman or a queer white woman, that's still gonna be a whole different conversation. And yeah, again, we wish there wasn't certain privileges, but let's be realistic, they are. So like that also, I feel like folks need to remember to take that into accountability, the marginalizations that folks bring to the table that might, hold them back from certain things to receive the privileges. And that's why you got to adapt to people. There's, there is no one cookie cutter way. Like, mm -hmm. I wish I could just be like, here, everyone, here's a checklist. The formula. <laughs> Go one through 10, you're going to be fine. No, because you get to one and two, and then you're like, shit goes last. <laughs> and then you go to five, the internet back. Like, you just have to adapt with people and where they are. No, especially in terms of, of in, we'll talk about predominant media, what what voices get get uplifted in terms of sexual assault or what again what gets considered sexual assault 
so many, not taking away of anything, but so many, just to use me too as a small example, white female celebrities acknowledging sexual assault from a very powerful rich man. That is one plus one is two. Like I like it was it was put in, in place, it was put in the media, everyone could acknowledge, most people could acknowledge, okay, this is rape, poor these poor women, you know what I mean? Poor women. But at the end of the day, we can talk about perfect example, Pornhub, when it comes to sex workers, when it comes to black and trans sex workers in a platform that has existed for a long time, existing unethically for a very long time. We've known about Pornhub's tendencies to say the least for at least 10 years. And Mm. performers have been speaking of this, but why? But why is there no place in the media? Because it is sex work, because so many of them are black and trans and that's further Oh, not not adaptable for media, but yet, oh, porn stars with their dogs. They're real people too. That's an actual article that got fucking published. And it's just like, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. But that's why, of course, <laughs> we're talking about these sex toy companies. <laughs> of course, it is great that moving forward, you know, not everything is based on gender, on phallus or any of that. But if there is no, no clue or no record of any conversation regarding even basic like queer rights, sex workers' rights, um, the the difference between decriminalization and legalization, all these different aspects, then it's not it's not valuable and it's not going to sustain. It doesn't it doesn't serve anyone in the platform outside of their personal pockets in this yeah. industry. So it's, it's palatable. Exact, exactly. It's palatable. It's digestible to everyone else. People love dogs. People mm-hmm. love animals but they don't really want to talk about trauma. We don't really want to be disturbed with all of that. We would like to watch our porn. Please tell me a little bit about the porn stars, which is also dangerous and can lead to lots of harm for sure. them. Um, yes, we should normalize these people because these are normal ass people. Exactly. I, we are all, no matter what your job is, you're a normal ass person. Mm-hmm. You can be great. You can be shitty. You could be learning. You can be stunted. You could have received trauma. And people are like, I've never had trauma. Bet. Were you alive in 2020? Cool. So we've all been in a collective trauma called the pandemic. No, it's it's insane, especially again, talking like bringing back these ideas. It's I just to highlight again, like how important it is again that you say I meet people where they're at because talking about emotional intelligence and and all of these big term words Mm. that genuinely like in a vacuum they don't mean shit they don't mean like these words don't mean shit most of them a lot of them coined by academic white people that that genuinely have nothing to do with anything that has to do with sex work inserting like i've had to write ethnographies and i've had to depend on academic sources and genuinely there is no academic source there is barely any conversation surrounding sex work and the legitimacy of it all so it's just at the end of the day, we keep getting boiled down and I'll bring these big terms back home. And I, that's where I do most of my working. That's where I do more because I'm here surrounded by cool queer people and they'll tell me, okay, this is non-binary. This is the tearing down gender. Da, 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 da. And even when I'm trying to translate, I can't find the words. I can't find the fucking words. Yeah. So definitely like having these conversations, setting out trauma looks different for everyone. It's exactly what you're saying. It's not getting attacked in an alley behind it behind going back from a club that's not the only way that it happens it can happen yeah. throughout your life it can happen with your boss again so many of my early working experiences that was fucking inappropriate and if I could have acknowledged that before I could have maybe had somewhat more agency moving through the world in the future but now I've acknowledged it, and I'm going to do what I can with it but it's just yeah. all of this information it's a tool it is a tool and and being able to have that and like having people like you with these support groups moving through sexuality like 
acknowledging trauma is, is, is so important, even especially addressing sex work and, and all of everything that encompasses it. But yeah. I, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's important, especially in terms of uh, just talking a little bit what you say, of, like how your body holds trauma and how that is also something that's directed that related to race. And even at least I can say in terms of the Holocaust with Jewish women, breast cancer, like all of these different traumas uh, manifest in different ways within your body. Um, can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit towards that of, of what it is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if we think about it and most people don't want to, but mm -hmm. like the trauma happens to the body. Yeah. So why wouldn't our bodies hold on to it? Mm -hmm. And I, was, I said this the other day when I was teaching, if you run into a wall and you hit your funny bone, it's not just a small part of your body. That shit can radiate through your body. Yeah. It can hang out for yeah. a little bit. You, mm -hmm. The function of your elbow might be harmed, right? So why wouldn't it be the same way if someone does something to your body? Why wouldn't it still resonate there? Like, why wouldn't it? It's not a one-time thing, right? Like, yes, the act may have happened once and in that instant, but your body's still like, what the fuck happened to us? what are we doing that was a lot right and then there are certain areas in our body where it might show up more right like stress trauma it might be in your shoulder right in your neck um your hips your hips are a large gateway so when folks are like i was doing trauma or just doing yoga and i got into a position and i just started crying mm -hmm. yeah no that's has you are working some of those things where we've been holding so long because again yes there's different ways to be harmed but most of the time it is within our pelvis right mm -hmm. the way we're moved the penetration if there is penetration what it looks like we hold that we also hold it within our guts so a lot of survivors are like i have all these gastric issues now and i didn't that's the trauma in there right and then our bowels People are like, ill, And I'm like, I, I didn't make it. What, what don't say ill to me? But it's true. Like, if you've ever gotten a, a colonic, colonic, do it with a practitioner, of course. They can literally tell you, like, what's going on with your body as they're flushing it out. Like, I've been TMI, but I've seen, and they're like, were you mad today? I'm like, what? How, how did you know that? right here it's the color and it's like you need these vitamins like you are missing these things like you have some stress going on right because we hold all of these different things in our body and everyone holds them differently they all show up differently those are just a lot of like high points mm -hmm. especially in the lower abdomen region in our pelvis um it's wild it's wild and it's kind of like leaving it in <laughs> twilight it leaves like an imprint no, on our body within our bodies right it doesn't mean that we can't figure out how to navigate what that looks like we have to first be able to acknowledge it right like we have to figure out what the root of it is because doctors will tell you oh it's because of this oh because of this but we'll never ask you have you ever experienced trauma what has happened to you right so when i did go back to school um, so this is the reason I went back to school for health psychology yeah. is because it looks at people as a whole mm -hmm. versus medical. They're just looking at medical body things, psychology. They're just looking at your patterns, your brain, those, but if you put them together, you have a whole ass person who's dealt with whole situations. 
No, I and especially what you're saying, like there's such a point of acknowledging. Number one, I think it's absolutely insane, like the, the relationship between your mind and your body. I I have a very straight shoot. Um, I I get upset. I get in a fight with like I get in a bad fight with my parents and I'm sick immediately. My my immune system goes down and I immediately get sick. Like it's horrible. I, I hate how in control I am of my body, but it, it happens and in so many ways these things do manifest. And what you're it acknowledging, like where you're saying you if you feel bad you you go and you put a heating pad and you take your day I feel I'm a I'm a Taurus and I I know that I have a candle for my anxiety I have my face mask for when I'm freaking out I have tattoos to see where my body where my my body physically is at you man like all of it is managing but not and the goal is to manage to the point where it's not painful to manage anymore and it's just exciting to, to move through life and to learn and to, to be excited about unlocking certain things because now it's like everything's a flood of, of more information, of, of more recognition. And it gets to the point where it's like, this will suddenly turn for me. And it's amazing to see that, although like you start doing your work when you start doing other work, there's a flip and maybe it's still painful to carry. And of course there are bad days, but overall you're just like, you're discovering a different way to live genuinely. You're doing work that is opening up a world not only for you but for even me for anyone who's in contact with you that there's a different way of approaching life and trauma it's not a one yeah. done and you're not fucked forever because the concept of damage is, is so prevalent especially in terms of sexual yeah. assault because it does stay within the body <clears throat> and it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard right like i i will say was it three years ago I was intensely re-triggered. Mm. I was moving with my best friend. This is our second place we've lived together. Um, and I was like moving out of a, a rough apartment situation. And I was like moving shit in by my car because it was cheaper. Mm. Um, and I remember getting in the car and my phone was like going off by like crazy. Like yeah. text messages. I remember my, my manager at the time texted me. My mom texted me. And then a Venmo went off. And I was like, who sent me money? You know, like, whoop. And it wasn't <clears throat> what I thought. When I opened the Venmo, it was the person that raped me. It was 25 cents. <clears throat> excuse me. And it was the year that they raped me. I sat in my car for a moment, right? And I, I know all the things. And so I was able to gather myself and I was like, bet bitch, you got 30 minutes and shit's going to hell. So I was able to get from where I was and I was yeah. like, I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to work on grounding in the park. So I took my shoes off. I walked in the park. I got some food because using my senses can also be really helpful with grounding. So I got some elote because why not? Because that's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got some elote and I'm like holding it. And I was like, okay, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. I, you know, walked around a little bit and I was like, no, this isn't working. So I texted my people. And this is something I also talk about with survivors is creating like folks you can lean on when, when you need to creating your, your own safety net. So I have my people that I've already had conversations with, like, if shit's going left, I'm going to text you and tell you where I'm at. I'm going to tell you physically where I'm at. I'm going to tell you like where I'm at emotionally. I'm going to tell you what just happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I just created a message and I sent it to the people. I was like, this is what happened. I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm now at home please check on me within an hour or two, right? But we've already had those conversations and this is something survivors can do is creating a safety net for the, not the what if, but the when, mm -hmm. right? Because 
even if it's it, if something's going to come up and mm -hmm. something's going to throw you for a loop why not just put your players in place no and especially what you're saying like it shows the amount of work that you've done that it can get to the point where you're like i know what's about to happen to me like i know what mm -hmm. i'm going to feel at this moment and i know what i need to feel better that is the most important at least in my life being away from my family being away from it that is something that's so important to me I, I don't really have a, a, that much of a group because everyone I care about lives in another country, but it's being there for my, knowing when to tend, wanting to know, like, when to hand the, tent, the, the towel, like, get out of class, like, go for a walk, come back, like, when I get, when I get, for example, catcalled, it's something that I'm like, okay, this could be fuck you and I move on, or this could be something that really, really, really pisses me off, and if so, I go, I turn around, I go right home, like, I don't, I know when to engage or when to not, but to know that, how to ground yourself, how to move forward, how to ask for help, in a way that 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 you know how to receive it because it's not oh i now i'm hitting you up and i'm worried i think you're gonna kill yourself so i'm gonna go to your house and check on you. it's just hey i need an hour check back in that's it and that's so knowing to do that for yourself and knowing that your the people around you are willing to do that as well is i was gonna ask like any advice but i think that acknowledging what yeah. helps what makes what grounds you what makes you feel better even in the most superficial physical senses that works yeah 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 yeah. And I think when people are like, well, how do I curate? How do I find this? Yeah. I always tell people, you know, you have tons of different relationships. You might have a, a group of 20 friends. They're not all your friends. You don't have 20 friends. Oh, no. But if you know, you know, these people, right? You know how each person has a different strength in your life, right? Like you have someone that you go to or a certain amount of people that you talk about sex, you, you got family stuff, you have these people. So you know what their strengths are in your life. Mm -hmm. So when you're asking them, if they'll be one of your people, you can just be like, Hey, like you show up really great for me in these ways. Would you be okay to like, be one of my people to help ground me? Yeah. If they say yes, then you have the conversation of what that looks like, mm -hmm. right? Like, Hey, if I text you, and this is also where I tell survivors, Safe words aren't just for sex. They're not just for kinks, right? If I text you red, bitch, here's what I need you to do because shit has gone to hell, right? You have like m my best friend, they have my Google location at all times. No, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Right? So like, I'm like, you know where I'm at. I might need you to come there. If it's yellow, I'm like, check in with me, call me. Maybe I need to hear certain words or something, right? Like, you know what works for you as a person, but like being able to know that you have your people and you literally don't have to have a full sentence exactly. because you've already had the free conversation you don't have to explain that they now, you have already programmed them to show up for you in a way that works for you. Oh my God. That's, no, that's literally gosh, Like that's a perfect. And I think everyone, whether it's about trauma or not, everyone should, should, should yeah. have these systems in place. Like it is so important, especially in heightened moments. Like I have terrible anxiety and sometimes I just shut down having to justify your feelings sometimes, even not in, in opposition to like questioning, but just, I, I'm tend to be like, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry for doing this. I'm sorry for reaching out because I know that I'm already like getting in the loop and just sending one message. This is what I need, period. I'm done. I can't, I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to apologize for it. You know what this means. That is, is granting like so much space for you and for someone else. And, and that's so important. I think that if, if that's one thing that everyone learns from this, that's perfect. Like that's amazing because seriously, like I see you and, and you, of course, I know that some days are better than others, but you're like a beautiful, incredible, brilliant woman, like moving through the world and, and granting this 
this genuine life-saving life-saving information for a lot of people and whoever's in your space and, and wherever whatever happens for you to get here I'm I'm grateful that you're talking with me and like our listeners are going to hear this because genuinely like eventually maybe we can even meet about like writing something and translating it because this this is so yeah, that would be so cool oh perfect I'll definitely reach out to you about that but that that's so cool if there's something that everyone needs to do for themselves outside of relationship, outside of wanting to have a healthier sex life or whatever, just for peace of mind, have like have these systems in place, make yourself feel better because it really is hard. And this American grind culture, this grind till you die type shit. It's it's exhausting. And it's stupid. It doesn't work. Like Argentina works differently and I'm not saying it's better, but we don't have that. You know what I mean? Every Friday you meet and you eat meat and you drink beer with your friends. And there has to be space for you to enjoy your life outside of trauma outside of work and outside of these overruling questions about sexuality and gender sometimes it's just important to take care of yourself but thank you so much Dominique I'm so yeah. grateful for this conversation and I'll definitely be in touch about translating and stuff but thank you yes so for please I'm excited amazing okay thank you so much I hope you have such a beautiful day thank you seriously thank you Thank you so much for listening to the fifth episode of the Math Magazine podcast. Again, thank you, Jiminika. You are brilliant, and I'm so grateful for this conversation. I will link to all of her resources and the group therapies that she does and so much further brilliant, amazing work that is helpful and healing. So I'll look for all of that in the bio. I'm also in the process of translating this interview to make it accessible to Spanish speakers. So be on the lookout for that and we'll be putting all that information in the math magazine podcast instagram again if you want to reach out be a guest or if there's a certain conversation that you want us to explore don't be hesitant to reach out our information is in the bio and have a great week thank you so much for listening